0: So, I was in a Twitter space when someone said that non-transferable tokens are against the spirit of Web3 and defeat the purpose of having an NFT. Today, I'm going to share why I disagree with that statement and give some great examples and use cases for non-transferable NFTs. Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value So in case you're wondering what is a non-transferable NFT, as it sounds, it is a NFT that cannot be transferred from one wallet to another. And in a blog post from January of 2022, Vitalik started using a term, a soul bound token. Now, when you first hear that, it sounds absolutely creepy and like a soul-bound token. Like, what in the world? Like, they're going to bound something to my soul? I mean, I don't even want them to know who I am. I don't want to be dox. Much more have something attached to my soul. So, <laughs> since it came from Vitalik, it just kind of creeped people out, and they were wondering, what exactly does that mean? He's actually taking a reference from World of Warcraft, where you can have special items that you can actually transfer from person to person or account to account in the game. However, there are certain items that are locked. They cannot be transferred. And of course, using that gamer talk and everything and how that game works, that is how he sort of came up with this term or started using this term, a soulbound token, meaning that it is locked to that wallet and it cannot go anywhere else. So. Same thing, non-transferable token, soulbound token. If you ever hear that, don't get creeped out by it. There's not some sort of ooga booga stuff. That is just meaning that is locked to the wallet. And one of the clearest, most obvious ways that came to me as to, needing a soulbound token or a non-transferable NFT is when I was actually working on the resume for my mother-in-law. Long story short, I was looking at it and putting in when she graduated from school and so forth and her certificates that she has. And I was thinking, well, you know what, what's to stop someone from embellishing this stuff and really making up all sorts of things because i'm pretty sure some of these places these certifications that she had in the past they're probably out of business maybe they closed and they're long gone so how could that be possibly verified and that's when i start to think you know what an nft would make a great sense because sure a college or a high school or whatever it might be might still be going on but a technical school some sort of certification that you might need for a job those come and go but even with universities, so many times I've heard of people saying that they went to Harvard or some Ivy League school and they either didn't graduate or they just totally made it up. And I know when I first came out of school, they, I had a huge um, issue with my school. Long story short, I graduated from college in 2008. However, because of their own administrative mistakes and what have you, they didn't sign off on one of my electives that I took. And even though I had more credits than I actually needed to graduate, They said I was missing one of the classes in their core values because you have to take certain classes in certain areas and what have you. So out of principle, I was like, no, that is your mistake as to why that is categorized wrong in your system when your advisors helped me set this up to fill out all these things and I got it all done. So. It was a lot of going back and forth as to saying, well, why this is the case. And it took me an entire year to be able to get that. So even though I walked, I have all my pictures and everything, the class of 2008 saying I was with all those people – my paperwork actually says the class of 2009 because it took an entire year for Dean to say, oh, I don't even understand why that's an issue and signed off on it. So in the case of me or someone in a predicament such as that where you might try to verify and say, well, did this person really graduate in 2008 and it's not going to line up and you know, I have photos and class of all that stuff, but then my resume is going to say 2009 Well, why is that? How could that be verified? Well, either A, I'm going to have to give that full explanation that I just told you, or you're going to have to somehow do some digging, go contact the school and try to get records or whatever it might be, or have me get something certified. But it would be so much easier if that was locked into a wallet. Now, this is not going to be the same wallet that I'm using to trade on OpenSea and do all sorts of crazy things. It could be. However, it would be very nice to have a wallet that was actually attached to my identity. Now, the reason why I say that is if you followed anything that I've said about unstoppable domains, that is what they're trying to do. They're trying to establish a digital identity. And the first one that they try to tell people to get is a name name that is actually personally identifiable. First and last name, dot .nft, dot .crypto, dot .whatever it might be. And then that is a type of wallet that you can then use to have certain things like this, such as your diploma, such as your maybe driver's license in the future, your deed, anything that really is a public record that anyone can just possibly look up, but needs to be verified and what have you. You can have that in there. And even if it is not necessarily associated with your name itself, I'm sure in the future, there will be things that will be set up so that way you could do the blind signings of proving, of course, with your private key that you are who says you are who you say you are, and then it's going to unlock to then prove your identity. So that is something that should not be swapped around and sent back and forth because of course you are you and somebody else is never going to be you. So there's no reason for you to ever send your ID, your diploma, your certificates of completion or whatever it might be to anyone else. So it should absolutely be locked to that wallet. Another thing is like say medical records. Sure, that we have this whole digital revolution what have you as far as what's going on in the medical world. I know digital revolution is really not a right term because that was really back in I believe the fifties with radios. But what I mean is this whole transferring things from the old way of doing things of paperwork to a digital world. And I was at the forefront of doing that because I remember my first official job was organizing doctor's charts from one huge folder with no dividers into one with multiple dividers and they were chronological. And then by the time I was in college, they were starting to go digital. I came out of school, as I just said, the whole thing was 2008 they're phasing out all the paper charts. So then I got to go back and have the pleasure of shredding and sorting through all of those charts that I spent so many summers doing, just day after day after day, organizing that. Well, now they're getting digitized. So things come full revolution. And of course, this makes things easier for you to transfer your record from doctor to doctor, especially if you're moving, because before it was sort of locked into that file cabinet and you'd have to get photocopies and so forth. And of course, a doctor is required to keep seven years of the records but if you had the ability to have a digital record unlocking it with sold down tokens or non-transferable nfts would be an interesting use case because rather than having to request those things from your dr pd sent you could then have your own files with you everywhere you go so when you go to the doctor Then you sign in and say, okay, this is what I'm going to give access to. This is who I'm going to grant it to because this is my primary care or this is my physician, whatever it is. And for an extended period of time, they can have all that stuff. But then when I leave, I don't have to make a request because I'm actually bringing that into the doctor's office and I'm providing that information. So when I move or wherever I go, let's say an emergency hits me, I'm on a cruise or something or whatever, and they need to see my medical records. And rather than trying to get all that stuff sent just simply signing it would make so much more sense. So I would actually carry my medical records with me, not physically, of course, or even on my phone, but because it is a soul-bound token or a non-transferable token that is allowing me to access this wherever it is stored, that would be something that would be specific to me and would have no value to anyone else. This also could be used for something like authenticating a job history. So let's say every time you have a new employer, you can get some sort of approval or some sort of token to say, yes, you are here and you don't need to go verify supervisors and what have you. Same thing, verifying attendance. Yes, I was at a certain place or a certain event, whatever it is, this is just proof saying that, yes, I was certified for, let's say, my real estate class or anything of that nature. You can think of so many different applications where it is specific to me and is not needed to be transferred. I think the problem that we're having with these non-transferable tokens and why someone would make that statement saying that is not in the spirit of web 3 that is not a good thing is because they're thinking of the financialization of nfts and they're thinking of the ability to resell it well there is no reselling of your college degree or your high school diploma or your resume your job record or your work experience anything of that nature that is only valuable to you the only thing that you need to do is identify that yes this is me this is what really happened And would actually make the process so much easier. Rather than doing all these background checks and and the ability to uh, fake documents and so forth, well, having everything a track record of this is something that would just be so much easier. And even right there on the interview, you can verify things before you even leave that office because you have it with you. Now, of course, someone's probably going to be thinking, well, if you have all this information, isn't it going to be a public record and everyone can see this and then it's going to be open? Well, no, not necessarily. If you listen to the episode I did when I interviewed the CEO of Geneticats or Genomes Dow, in case you missed that one, that was episode 331, the solution for that question is actually in that episode. And long story short... That project is all about sequencing your DNA and then having the ability to then grant access to it for certain studies and being able to opt into things or even sell the rights to it, whatever it might be. In summary, I'm not explaining that in full. If you really want all the details of it, go listen to that episode. But the solution for that is the DNA is actually not sequenced and stored on the blockchain. What is stored on the blockchain is basically the key to opening the vault that has that information stored and encrypted. Now, this is going to be using familiar infrastructure that we have, those cloud storage systems that have enterprise military-grade encryption. And what is on the blockchain, what is in this token, is the ability to unlock that so that way it could be decrypted and the information could be used. And that is what I'm talking about when you have a sold-down token, non-transferable NFT, and is not even going to store all that information because, of course, the blockchain, for the most part, we're going to use Ethereum in the main ones, those are a public record. Anyone with internet connection can actually see what's on them, the transfers that are going in and out and so forth. But in the case of genomes DAO, and in case of these, The information itself would not be stored there. What is going to be stored there is the access key to them to wherever they're stored. They can just be verified because, of course, if you have the NFT, you have the keys. Obviously, you're the owner, so you can unlock it and verify. And you might be wondering, well, what happens if someone loses access to their wallet? Like they lose their secret phrase or their password or whatever it might be. How exactly is that going to work? Well, and in that case, that's when you're gonna to have to jump through all the hoops and go through all the traditional ways of doing things. Of course, setting things back up. You're gonna to have to go to the university, the employer, or whatever it is, and then you're gonna to have to go there and prove your identity and so forth and get it attached to a different wallet. And I know I'm simplifying this, but it would be like the equivalent of losing your passport. You're gonna to have to go through all those steps and it's gonna be a total headache, but it is doable. You can then have access to it it's not like you're going to be stuck and you can't travel again for the rest of your life because you lost it. But I said all of that to say this. I think one of the issues that we're having right now is that we have a concept of NFTs that is so locked into profile pictures and selling things on OpenSea and generating income from this that we are missing the point of what this technology can do. Blockchain technology is so much more than selling things, selling digital products. Essentially. With Satoshi Nakamoto and all those guys that were working on Bitcoin and that first successful iteration of the blockchain, the problem that they were solving was not how to make money. The problem that they solved initially that made it a success is the first digital signature that could not be forged, it could not be copied, it could not be replicated or duplicated. And then from that technology is what they ended up using to make the coins to know that something couldn't be double spent or. A person could have access to somebody else's funds, and then later on, with Ethereum, with having smart contracts, which would then become NFTs, and all the things that we're dabbling in today, it is all built, it is all built on that whole digital signature, not needing a third trusted party to verify that information. And if you go from that premise, rather than flipping, you can see the benefit of a soul-bound NFT or a non-transferable NFT. So I'd love to know, what are your thoughts on this topic? How do you see this technology being able to benefit your life in any way? I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.